Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. We continue with the attitude of worship. Can we just pray and invite God's presence to our space right now? Holy Spirit, we just thank you for being here Thank you for being in the midst of our homes. Thank you for not having boundaries, but Lord, connecting us all spiritually. In our spirits, we feel that connection, Lord God. And we just pray that you would breathe on us right now. Breathe on your word. Holy Spirit, we just want you in this room. And so I just pray right now, come, come, come in your power and might. We know that the word of God that is met with Holy Spirit power is activated and alive. And so we just pray that right now. I pray that over every heart, you just open up our hearts. Search us, Lord. Search us, Lord. In fact, would you just pray that? Say, Lord, search me today. Search me. Search me. Know my ways. Just like David prayed. Lord, we pray that same prayer. Lord, search us. Know our ways. See if there's any intention, anything in us that is out of line with what the children of God should be to be alive to our purpose, to be alive to our identity in Christ as co-heirs to the throne. Father, I just pray right now, you just release that awareness. Lord God, open up our hearts and lives. Help us to be humbled in your presence, Lord God, is that is that we read your word, Lord God, that we can apply it and activate it in our lives. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We just love you, Lord, and we lean in. We wanna hear your voice. So we just pray that you would just silence all other voices. Lord Jesus, let us just tune in to what you have to say to us. In your name we pray all of this. Amen. 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 I'm excited for today. I don't know if some of you have come today and maybe you feel a little stuck by this season. You feel a little overwhelmed by life and the decisions to make and all the things that are happening in our world with this pandemic. And maybe some of you do. You feel like you're in that place of not knowing what to do next, how to take that next step. We've been in a series called Kingdom Come, and that is the word that the Lord has declared over this year, 2021. He wants to bring his kingdom down to earth in a mighty way, and he wants to do it through us. He wants to use his children as the absolute uh, conduits of his spirit and power that through our lives, through our words, through our actions, through activating the word of God, we are bringing his kingdom down to earth. Man, I hope you are ready because I think the Lord is getting a people prepared. I know that the Lord is bringing a people out of sleeping, a church that is fully awake to the power of God in their lives, a church that is fully awake and aware of how the Spirit's power is able to be used, able to be working through them. And I know that today is the greatest hour to be alive. It is the greatest time to be a part of the church, to be a part of who Jesus is. Man, I hope you're ready for the Word of God. If you are, come on, put it in the comments right now. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, we've been looking at the power of God's word, man, coming into a space of meeting with the king. And I encourage you, go back if you missed it and get, get the first part of this because it's, it's super crucial in order to step into this space that we're going to talk about today of declaring, of being in that place of intercession, 
We talked about the first part of coming into the meeting with the king. What's the, what's the agenda of the room? What, what do we do in that space? And we talked about the main priority is getting him there. Where the king is, he invests his heart. He invests his heart. And when we get caught in the stare, when you look at Jesus, you look at him, you magnify him and bring him in as David said in the Psalms, then you start to be aware of how amazing he is, how awesome he is. You see his divinity. And then you realize that divinity, that authority is in you. And that's why Jesus came to the world to show us the example, number one, of how to live on the world as kingdom children of God. And number two, how to have that authority proclaim it over the world. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're unpacking what does it mean for kingdom to come in our lives every day and seeing a new reality. Because let me tell you, there's a move of God happening right now. God is on the move. Jesus is coming in and he's lighting, igniting his church. And just like what we read in the Acts and what we read in the Bible of how the move of God uh, was, was powerfully affecting communities, was powerfully affecting cities, so much so that the leadership tried to shut it down, tried to persecute it, tried to uh, martyr it and kill it, but it couldn't be stopped. In fact, in the face of persecution, it was absolutely multiplying way beyond. And I believe that this is a time where God is moving. This is the time we are seeing the fulfillment of the promises where he said, I will pour out my spirit on all men, on all women, on all children. There is nobody that is without that I won't pour out my spirit on. And that's what the day we're living in. So for us to be aware of who we are as children of God is crucial. And to say that again, it is crucial for you to know who you are and what role you play today. And if you're asleep to that, then you're going to miss out on all God wants to use you to do. You see, the Lord has created his children in his image to carry out plans of heaven on the earth. And that's what we're stepping into as a church. That's what collectively as a community, we are saying we are going to live according to his will to bring kingdom down. And so we dedicated this, this series to really dive into what does that look like for us to step into this. So we've been talking about the meeting with the king. This is super crucial for every Christian, every Christ follower. If you don't have this set up as a block of time that is um, one of those you know, non-negotiables. Do you have those in your life? Those non-negotiables? It's like you're going to eat every day. That's a non-negotiable, right? Or you're going to, I don't know, go to work and make money. That's a non-negotiable. Well, the meeting with the king needs to be one of those non-negotiables where it's not something that you, if you have enough time, if you get to it, let me tell you, this is crucial for every Christ follower. And if you don't have it yet, I'm going to encourage you today, sit down, do huge life examination, heart examination, spend time in the spirit, say, God, give me a conviction for this. Help me, Lord. And we even talked about going from having him just to be savior you know, where you're just a part of a church and you're, you love him because of what he did for you to where you step into where he is Lord, where he is Lord of your decisions, where you wake up to meet with him because he's king and what he says goes. And if you don't hear his voice, you don't move. Uh, Moses even said it 
the best because he was the one that the Bible talks about how he, he met face to face with God. He was like a friend, like speaking to a friend with God. This is a great picture of what it looks like to be intimate with the Father, to have a relationship with him so much that you don't move unless he speaks. And Moses said that, he said, Lord, don't send me away from here unless you go with us. Show me your glory was his main prayer, was his main thing. Everywhere he went, he set up a tent of meeting. Why? To meet with the king. It was vital. It was the essence of his life to know what Jehovah wants to say. And you need that. And so today I want to, man, show you the power of the word of God. Did you know that God's word stays powerless Void of all power in your life, if not activated or prayed in the spirit. God's word stays powerless in your life. As so I don't know if you've, if you've read the word and maybe you're in the space where, you know, you tried reading the Bible and it was like super boring, super long, and you're using words that you don't ever hear, you know, anywhere in the world. So you're like, ah, this doesn't apply to me, this is old, this is kind of strange, I'm reading about these random stories, I don't know how it applies to my real life, maybe you're there. Today, I wanna unlock for you the power of the Word of God, and I promise you, once you unlock this power, once you activate it in your life, you are going to read this Bible, the Word of God, differently. You're going to want to consume it. You're going to want to go after it. That's, that's my prayer for you is that you, you unlock this power and realize the reality of what God has spoken and what is alive and active and can be plugged into at any moment. And so I want to unlock that today so that you realize and experience the power of the Word of God. How many of you want to experience the power of the Word of God in your life? Come on, how many want to experience that in your job? in your family? How many want to activate that in your life and see God's hand at work? This is more than just a Christian club we're all a part of. This is activating the Word of God and seeing Him move powerfully. So let's go. Let's, let's dive in today. Activate the Word of God. I'm so excited today. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at some incredibly powerful scriptures. Uh, these are incredible, but we're going to start praying, and this, these are scriptures that you can start praying and declaring over your life today. You don't have to wait for some, you know, far off time. Today you can start. This is the day. Um, yeah, and so I'm excited for you to become literate, to become literate in the Word of God. You know, maybe some of you have read this just being illiterate, and so you're like, I don't know, but today I'm just going to unlock the secret, son. Uh, I wasn't going to go here, but I, I want to show you just the power of the Word of God and, and why it's so important. What we've been talking about of getting the king there, hearing his heart and activating that word. I want to show you in Genesis 1, 1, all the way to verse 3, um, really unlocks for us what the power of the word is. And it shows us in the beginning, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So there you go. You have Father God, and you have Holy Spirit in the beginning. And then it says, so we got to say, all right, where's the Trinity, right? We believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So where's, where's the Trinity? And see if you can figure out when Jesus comes into the midst, okay? 
So we have, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There's Holy Spirit. And God said, and God said, he spoke. He spoke. There he is. There's Jesus. Jesus is the Word. John says, uh, the Word was God. The Word was with God, right? And so Jesus was the Word. He was the Word. And so here we have a picture of what we step into today, where you have Father God who proclaims the word Jesus, and Jesus, the word, when married with the power of the Holy Spirit, activates something. It activates something. All throughout, then you see, let there be light, and there was light. He created the world with his word. Why? There's so much power in God's word. And when we activate the spirit, when we come into a place of worship, when we come into a place of praise and, and Holy Spirit is in the midst of that, then we take the word of God who came. Jesus came as, as uh, the word becoming flesh. And so now we take the word of God and we activate it with the spirit of God and there's power. There's power. There's power to bring what is not into existence. Come on, how many want to see that in your life? Come on, come on, come on. We, um, back in the day, when we first got married, we had this little plot of land that we were on, and um, in the back was like a shed and just a yard. And so my wife had the great idea of creating a garden, and she wanted to do one of those raised beds. It was really big on Pinterest and all these like raised beds and paint them all cool, and it was like hipster or whatever. So we were like, all right, let's do it. That's so cool. Let's Let's make this garden. So we jumped in, we're making this garden. And um, honestly, it's a lot of work and I didn't really understand or appreciate the whole idea of a garden because there's a lot of dirt and there's a lot of digging and a lot of things that go on, like you have to water. And there's a period of time in the garden where you see nothing, where you see nothing. And I think this is a picture of a lot of us who come to the word of God and we even come to a relationship with Jesus. And, you know, we do all this work, we do all this work, we, we try to cultivate, but we don't take time to really step in and understand the process of what God wants to do. And, and when God speaks a word, we always say it's, it's a deposit that we are to hold, cultivate, remain in. And the Bible says that when we remain in the word, it becomes life to us right? It becomes a river of God out of our life. It becomes leaves and fruit out of our life when we remain in the vine, when we plug in and stay there. But some of you, you might have, you know, launched your garden, right? Tried this thing and then you feel nothing. So you move on and you say, let's go build a garden somewhere else. And you don't remain in that word. Can I tell you that no, no different job it's not going to be a different city that you move to, a different family you get a part of that's going to solve the issue. The issue is you remaining in the Word of God. It's you remaining in that space to let it grow, and let God move in that. Because the seed, once planted, will grow if watered and taken care of. And so I promise you that today we're going to be looking at the words of God. And these words are keys. They're keys. And I got, I got a set of keys right here. And on this key ring, every one of these keys unlocks a different door. 
And this is what Jesus gives us is he gives us the keys of the kingdom where we unlock things. Now, there's one key on here that unlocks our P.O. box. And uh, this, is a, this is a set of keys that I sometimes always forget when I'm on my way to the P.O. box to pick up the mail. And I'll get there and I'll be like, I'm looking for the keys. And I'm like, ah, oh, it happened again. And I'll have to go in and explain to the front desk, um, I forgot my keys. Can you help me get in my P.O. box? And the lady there, she knows me by now. Whenever I come through the door, she's like, change church. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? Uh, but she always gets on me. She's like, now listen, I don't want you forgetting these keys again. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I, I promise I'm going to try harder next time. And then I sometimes always forget them again. And she has to let me in. But did you know that you have a key to unlock a door in heaven and let out something that is already prepared and loosed and ready to be loosed on the earth? Sometimes we don't activate it. Sometimes we forget our keys. We forget that we even have keys. And so we're approaching. It's a struggle of saying, I don't know how to get to that space of knowing who God is. And today, I just want to give you a set of keys. Uh, Jesus said it, said it best. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Basically saying, I am the key. Who is Jesus? He's the Word. He's the Word. And so today, as, as we unpack this, as you look at the word and the power that's in the word Jesus, I'm telling you, when you read this, you're reading Jesus. When you, when you unlock the power, you realize that he is the key to everything in heaven that's already loosed. He is the key to bind up things that are already bound. This isn't a struggle of us fighting for things. This isn't a struggle of once you get to that space, then you gotta conquer. Then you gotta take down the enemy. I'm, I'm telling you, the enemy is already, already destroyed. The enemy's plans are already subsided. God has already has a victory. Kingdom come just means his kids activated so they bring the reality of the kingdom to the world. It has nothing to do with us fighting demonic forces or coming against the, the devil and you know, all this stuff that sometimes we think about of like God versus the devil. It's like, no, that's already been done. We're just coming into victory, claiming the spoils. This is the time where the church has to awake to their calling, knowing who they are, knowing the keys they hold. And that allows us to really step into this new space of power and authority. It's so good. But you have to remember that he is the key. He is the key. Jesus is the key. And when we, when we step into that reality and know him, know Jesus, have his heart in us, and we declare his words and promise out of that space of knowing Jesus, there's power to unlock things that are already unlocked in heaven. And when we open the door, it's already prepared. It's already been paid for. I mean, everything's been done Stamp's been laid on it, address has been placed. It knows exactly where it's going and who it's going to. You don't have to do a thing besides just unlock it. And Holy Spirit leads and guides the rest of the way. So if you're ready, let's dive into some incredible, incredibly powerful scriptures today. I wanna to give you some tools to come into that place of intercession, to come into that place of declaration. And again, this is something that I wanna empower you today with a few, 
But I, I pray my prayer for you that I am just declaring over your life and declaring over your heart is that this will create a hunger for more. And this is just the start. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna look through a few today, but I, I promise you that man, if, as you activate this word and it comes alive into you, you'll you'll experience the fullness of Christ. That's why we were made is to activate the word to come alive to it. And when we're there, our eyes, our heart, our mind, our motives, our love, the way that we approach life, all follows suit to the power of God. So the first one I want to look at. Grab your journal, grab your Bible. Come on, let's open up and write these down as, as we go through here. First one we'll look at is Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. <clears throat> and right underneath it, you can just pray, or you can just write this, right? The prayer of hope, the prayer for hope. The prayer for hope. I know that right now it can seem a little hopeless. You know, right now when you look at the news or you look at media or you look at what's going on in our world economically, what's going on in the world with the sicknesses and the disease that's, you know, been spread throughout our nation, um, it can seem a little hopeless. When you see the restrictions and how people and all the statistics and facts of our society is really at a, at a dark place it can seem very hopeless. So this is a powerful prayer and declaration that we can pray as Christ followers and declare and own and unlock with this key. It's a prayer for hope. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, may the God of hope, somebody say hope. Come on, let it ring again, say hope. Yes, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow. Man, somebody get that in your spirit. Say overflow. Come on, say some, somebody say brimming over, man. Coming over the top, so full. Woo, love that. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hey, another translation starts this whole scripture off with now. Now, this doesn't translate into NIV, but when you read the King James Version, it starts with the word now. And so this is a transition word. It's going from old to new, coming from a space into a space. Let me tell you that God has a plan for your heart and life. He has a plan for your family. He has a plan for your future to give you hope to come out of a space of maybe uh, depression, maybe out of a space of anxiety, out of a space of worry, and into a space of hope. So this is our prayer. God, may the God of hope fill us. This is, God of hope means both that he is the origin of hope and that he is the object of hope. So we pray, God, impart with us come into us because what you are is hope. The children of God, not just called out of sin. You have to realize that when you come to Christ, when you ask him to be the Lord of your life, you are not just coming out of sin. You are coming into a space of hope. God is a God of hope. He is the origin of hope. So when you step into him, he gives you something that is sustaining. Now the word hope does not mean this fluffy thinking 
not this wishful thinking where it's like, oh, we're just hoping and wishing. In fact, I'm not preaching today out of a space that I'm wishfully thinking that you're going to get this and it's going to be powerful in your life because sometimes it works for me. I'm preaching this today out of a hope, knowing a steadfast, rock solid hope, knowing the power and authority that's in this. God said, right, and the word that every word is always activating. We, we looked at it last week where we talks in Luke about nothing is impossible with God. No freshly spoken word is void of power to activate itself and fulfill its purpose. That is huge for us Christians to understand. It's big for us to realize that whatever God speaks is something we can declare with hope. Knowing, so we pray that prayer, God fill us with hope, fill us with hope. Specifically, Christian joy and peace, what he's talking about here, joy and peace are impossible without trust in Christ. And so this is our prayer. This is my prayer for myself every day. God help me to trust you. Increase my faith. We even see a story in the Bible where the man with the, the sick child came to Jesus and he said, help me with my unbelief. Help me. Help me to believe in you more. Help me to have more faith in the midst of what's happening in our world and what I see. Lord, give me more faith. Give me more trust in you. And out of that space of trust, the inheritance of joy and peace come in. How many of you want joy and peace? I know that's what I want. That's what we're all striving for, right? To have joy and peace. Well, for the children of God, when we have faith in Christ, when we have trust in the God of hope, when that hope fills us, out of the abundance of that hope, we have the blessed hope, come on, that he's coming back for us, that we are his children, that this world is temporary. When you have that hope and it fills your life, when you have that trust in God that he is above all and in all, you have absolute joy and absolute peace. It settles all storms. It settles all uncertainty. It settles all doubt. It settles everything because when you trust in Christ, your joy is complete. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength. The peace of God is a person that follows you all day long. Come on, when the God of hope comes in, he brings with him joy and peace. This is a powerful prayer for the fullness, the overflow of hope. Not just a little bit of hope, not just a little glimpse where we'd have just wishful thinking that this is going to be done and the world's going to be better. Hey, that's not our prayer. Our prayer is, Lord, fulfill your mission on earth. Lord, fulfill your will, whatever it takes to make your name famous, because we know that the ultimate reason we live is not to make this world a better place. It is to bring as many people as we can to the throne of God. It is to bring the many people we can to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior because we know that this world is temporary. We have a hope that is beyond these walls, is beyond this earth, is beyond anything that the world could bring and say, this is treasure, this is success. We don't depend on that. We depend on the hope of God. And it's in that trust that we have joy and peace. So that's our prayer, our prayer for hope our prayer for hope. All right, let's move on. We're moving on to Psalms chapter 25. Would you turn with me in your Bibles? Psalm chapter 25. We're going to be looking at, at verse number four all the way through six for taking notes. You can write by this one, prayer for guidance. This is a declaration for guidance. Proclamation over your home. We need guidance. 
This is a beautiful psalm by David. We look at in verse 4, we start, it says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Man, you could literally stop there and ponder on that and pray on that. Lord, show me your ways. Show me your ways. Show me the ways that you are in the flow of your purposes, your prevailing. We, we talked about this in past weeks, but this is so crucial that we get his heart. We know his ways. David says, show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Verse five, he goes on, he says, guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And then verse six says, remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love for they are from of old. I love this. It starts off with this prayer. God, open my eyes. This declaration, and this needs to be a prayer of every Christian. Lord, open my eyes. Let me see your ways. David was praying a prayer. Say, Lord, let me see what is right in your eyes. Let me see your ways that I should be following. Let me see the path that you have prepared for me. Not something that I think is good or something that maybe my friend told me is good or something that I saw in a commercial or, or something that I was raised with. Man, God, I need to hear you. So open my eyes. I need to see your ways. Teach me your laws. Teach me your path so that I can follow it. This is a, this is a phenomenal prayer to pray over yourself because it, it leads and guides you. The Bible says that it's a light unto your path, a lamp unto your feet. You want to know what next steps to take. And let me tell you that the Christian walk is all about walking in step with him. It's not about knowing everything and then moving. It's knowing the next step. Saying, Holy Spirit, being aware that Holy Spirit, you're here to lead and guide me. So we pray, Lord, show me your ways. Every day you wake up, Lord, show me your ways. Give me guidance today that I may step out in boldness. Uh, lead me in all truth that I may avoid errors and step into a place of absolute power and what you are proclaiming. I love how he ends this one where he says, um, remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love for they are from of old. And I love what God does because he always shows us, Yahweh always shows us what he's done in order to give us faith for what he can do. We can look back and see on our lives and that's why we've encouraged everybody to have a manager in your house or some type of vessel where you can put miracles of God. If it's a written word on a piece of paper or if it's objects, we, we use objects because it kind of brings to remembrance the story. And so we have these things in a jar where we remember that's how God moved. That's how God worked. And I encourage you to do that. Look back and say, God, remember your mercy and love. Remember your power and might because it gives you faith to step in. Say, Lord, I see your way. I have guidance to know that I'm going to pray in a way that I can see you move yet again. We pray for that, Lord, for guidance. All right, here we go. On to number three, Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four, man, probably one of the most powerful prayers. Oh, I'm so excited for you to get this one. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Verse 29. Acts is such a crazy book, man. I encourage you to dive in. If you want to get hungry, have that fire of God just birth in you, I'd pray, I'd just, I just encourage you to dive into Acts. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's so good. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. It says, Now, Lord, 
Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is, uh, man, such a good prayer because what the people of God were seeing when the Holy Spirit was poured out, they were seeing people come to Jesus. They were seeing more and more lives transformed. They were seeing signs and wonders, which just means miracles happening constantly. People being healed of sickness. Uh, they had a lame man that, that, that walked when they prayed for him. And in that, they were seeing how the power of God was bringing them before the authorities, was bringing them before the Sanhedrin, it was bringing them before those that were in power. And so all of this was spreading the word of God more. And but, but what was happening is the word of God out of their mouth was proclaiming the, the goodness of God and seeing acts and signs of wonders on the earth and then brought out persecution on the church. So their prayer was, Lord, we need more boldness to step in. So you can write right underneath this one, a prayer for boldness, a prayer for boldness. Because what they're seeing is the power of God was bringing persecution, but persecution was multiplying the church. They prayed huge prayers, God, keep us bold in the face of persecution, in the face of what might happen, in the face of what takes place all around us. And if the uncomfortableness of this world comes at us, if the persecution comes at us, Lord, give us boldness to proclaim your word with absolute courage. Help us not to shy away. They were praying for a move of God that would not be able to be taken out by anything in this world. This is a powerful prayer. This is an alignment with what God wants to do today. He's wanted to do it for thousands of years, but this is a time where the church is waking up to this reality that we are the move of God. We are not sitting waiting, saying, Lord, when are you gonna show up? Lord, when are you going? No, 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 heaven has already rung the bell. Heaven has already alarmed those that are following him and tuned in. And now as you hear this word, as you hear this message, my prayer is that alarm goes off in your heart. Alarm goes off in your mind, that you are awakened and aware that God wants to move. And so we pray this prayer, Lord, make us bold. Can you imagine if you prayed that over yourself every day? When you got up to say, Lord, make me bold today that no matter what I face, no matter where I go, I would be bold in how I proclaim the word of the Lord, that I would just be bold. Every situation that I see that is not right and is out, outside of heaven's plan, that I would declare the word of the Lord over that space, that every child that I see that does not know you, every child of God that is lost, I would step in and say something. I would ask him the hard question. I would, I would pray with them. I would be bold in the way that I pray so that I can see your hand at work so that we can see signs and wonders. Kingdom come. That's what it's all about. And that's what this community is gathered around right now, saying, how do we cultivate this culture? How do we make this happen? Because vision versus visible. The visible is comfort, right? The, vis the visible right now, right here, is we all just want to be comfortable and just make it through this pandemic. Can I tell you the prayer of God over your life is not for you just to survive through this just to make it through on the other side, just to make it to heaven. I'm telling you, God has designed and called a people that if they hear his voice, will answer the call, answer the call and bring heaven's purpose down to the world. And so we pray this prayer, Lord, make us bold.
Help us to be bold. Now, we have to understand that right after this, so that you can understand the effect of this prayer. Right after this, in verse 31, it says, After they prayed this, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. It was the second outpouring of the Pentecost. I believe that God, God wants to do that today. He wants to pour out fire into your heart, baptism of fire. John said it. He said, I'm making the church ready. I'm, we're baptizing in water, but there is one coming that will not just baptize in water. He will baptize you in Holy Spirit and fire. The church today needs the fire of God. It needs the fire of God. The church today needs to be awakened to this. So we pray that prayer. Lord, make us bold. Help us declare the word of the Lord. All right, I want to look at one more. One more. In John chapter 17, John chapter 17, verse 20. I pray this is helping you. I pray this is empowering you. I pray this gives you some tools and weapons that you wake up with some new gusto. You wake up with some new urgency in your heart. Say, man, I have purpose today. I got purpose. I am declaring the word of the Lord over my family. And though you may have felt stuck before this, I pray that today just unlocks the door to that prison, that you run with this word. All right, we're going to look at John chapter 17, verse 20. It says, My prayer is not for them alone. This is Jesus praying. It's in red letters. But he says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me and that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought into complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Now we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's the prayer of Jesus. It's the prayer of Jesus over his church. It's the prayer of Jesus over those um, that call themselves Christ's followers. Is this perfect unity. So you can write underneath this one, the prayer for unity. Uh, this, is, this is the Father's heart for this time. And I'm telling you what, God is unifying his church. He's unifying his people. And you can see it. You can see it in the world. The enemy's plan is to deceive and to disunify. As much arguments he can set up, as much race cards he can throw out, as much political parties he can separate, as many things as he can get out there to separate us, to keep us on different pages, to say, mm, I see where you're going with that, but I don't believe, I don't stand. And let me tell you, this is a church where we will stand on conversations. We will come to the table. We will bring all of our differences and we will always talk it out. We will create safe places where we will discuss what is an unjust, what, what is my brother going through, what is my sister going through, because we believe that that is a space of healing. That is a space where God can move in perfect unity. When we come around, we say, we might not believe everything the same, but we need to believe one thing the same, that Jesus is Lord. That's all that matters. When Jesus is Lord, it prioritizes everything else in its place. And so Jesus prays this prayer. God, make them one. Help them to be in perfect unity because it's in this space of unity that the world can see who I am, that the world can know I am God. I am the Lord. 
And so we pray this prayer. We partner with Jesus' prayer. Does that shake you up at all? That when you pray this, you are literally praying the words that Jesus prayed? That's powerful. And when we pray the word of God, we have to understand, we are praying prayers that have been prayed for thousands of years, over thousands of of generations and people groups and and all types of, of those that have called him Lord have prayed these prayers and we join in with the power that is in the flow. It's in the flow. We jump in. We jump into the current. <laughs> we realize that the river is flowing and that we jump in knowing that that power is now alive in us, that Christ wants to work through us. So we pray, God, give us unity. Give us unity in the church, through all races and demographics, through all political parties. God, break down the walls of disunity. Break down the walls that deceive and cause dissension and cause people to argue and come against each other and be at war. God, we stand for unity. And we declare this over our church that nothing will be able to separate those that are in this church. I'm telling you, this might come to hard conversations. This might come to a place where we have to be humbled, where we have to come and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I'm sorry, I've been living in ignorance. I remember the first time I realized, you know, coming from the burbs, I I realized, wow, racism is a thing. It's a thing in our world. I never realized it or lived in the reality. I remember I had to come to some of my good friends and say, I'm sorry. I apologize for being in that space of ignorance. I apologize for for living in a place where that wasn't a reality for me and I didn't care much. But now it's different. Now I step into a place and that is what unity looks like is when we come and we empathize with our brothers. We have the heart of Christ in us. So we are broken for the lost. We are broken for the person that's on the on the side of the road begging for money. We are be- we are broken for those people that have lost all hope, for those those angry people at our jobs, for those people who live in a place of depression, we are broken for them. And we come into a space of, of total unity and say, Lord, help us to be one. Help us to be one. Lord, unify your church, because it's in that, it's in the revelation of who Jesus is. Can you imagine what would happen to our world if we all came into under the revelation of who Jesus is and understood his love, understood understood his hope, and we took that in as a reality for us. Can you imagine what would happen? And all these movements of hatred, all these movements of anger, all these movements out of places of deception, man, would come underneath the authority of Christ. We don't need another movement of anger. We don't need another people group coming and saying, let's stand for this out of a place of anger. We need a chosen, we need a chosen select people of God to stand up with the word. Say, Lord, we stand for unity. We pray the prayer that you prayed. You make us one in love. You make us one in love. That we understand that the word, once partnered with the spirit, activates something on the world. And we see kingdom come. I'm praying that kingdom becomes a reality in your home. I'm praying that kingdom becomes a reality in your life, that every day, everywhere you go, you bring kingdom with you. And that these promises, yeah, they start out in the morning. They start out in your time with God when you declare them, but they become something you meditate on all day long. That you start to have in your spirit that you are connected in the vine. You are not just 
you know, out there floundering, but you are connected to the vine and that your hunger grows for more of the word of God because the more you get this in you, the more you declare the promises of God, the more it's activated. And now the powerless word of God becomes the powerful revelation, powerful glory, powerful presence everywhere you go. And that not only is God everywhere, but Emmanuel, God with us in that moment. The Holy Spirit comes into the place and that you see his hand at work. That's my prayer over you today. That's my declaration over your home, my declaration over your heart. And Change Family, can I just encourage you that as we step into this, that we pray these prayers over each other. That yes, this is declarations over our home, but man, I encourage you, reach out to somebody in this family. Reach out to somebody, maybe that's outside of the family, and just encourage them, hey, this is what I'm praying over you today. I'm praying for hope for you. I'm praying for guidance for you. I know you've been struggling with what to do next, maybe in your job decision or, or where you're moving or, or maybe what school to attend or what courses. I don't know what it is, but I encourage you, let's step and activate the word. Let's activate the word of God, declare it over, and we will see a powerful move of God happen as we step into it, as we don't just read it, but we activate it. Are you ready? Are you ready for that? Are you ready for God to use you? Are you ready to see a move of God come through your life? Come on, let's activate this word today. I just want to end with that prayer for boldness, that we would pray this together. And where you are right now in your space, that we would join together collectively to pray this prayer. All right, so Acts chapter 4, verse 29 through 30 says, Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Come on, let's pray that together. Lord, we just pray right now. We join together in our hearts and we pray, Lord God, that you would enable us to speak your word boldly. Lord God, your word that changes things, your word that's alive and active. Jesus, you are the word. And when we declare it with the spirit of God, it makes things happen on the earth. It brings heaven down. Kingdom comes into the room. So Lord God, as a community, as a changed family, we pray this prayer. Lord, make us bold. I pray that you would make me bold everywhere I go. God, that everybody I see that maybe is, is sad or angry or depressed or, or in this space of confusion, Lord God, that I would bring the clarity of your word to the moment, that we would proclaim it boldly. Lord God, no matter the cost, no matter what comes, we know that with the power of God, it brings people to you and it might even bring eyes on this thing that might bring persecution, but God, we do not care. We want boldness. Help us to boldly proclaim it because this is the reason we are here. I just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Set it in our hearts, set it in our spirits, God, that as we declare it this week, that it would come alive in our lives. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen, amen. Hey, I want to encourage you that if you have not yet given your heart to Jesus, if you've not yet made him Lord and King, man, I encourage you to do that today. Pray with somebody. Would you click that button and say yes to Jesus? That is the reason we're here, man, as a church, to see more lives come to know Christ. And so if that's you today, would you push that button? I would love to reach out and pray with you today to let God show you how to really live out the purpose for your life and to come underneath his authority, the great trustworthy God. But I pray that you would make that decision today.
and step into a life of purpose. Step into a life where you say goodbye to the old and come into the new hope in Christ. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.